Sundays. I'm Tyler, and there's nothing I love more than a good story. Today, we're talking about gender roles in ancient bakeries. Amy's here to discuss her <laughs> sermon last weekend, but before we know what the kingdom of heaven is like, now that they've put their hearing ears on, let's welcome in our favorite tiny little mustard seeds. Oh, so cute. <laughs> Amy and Barry. Good day, guys. Good day. Hello. Hello. How are you guys doing? Great. I'm, I'm okay. Can't complain. Yeah. Yeah. Good, yeah, no Marin today. No, um, that's sad. Yeah. But... Well, so if you listen, if friend of the pod, if you listen to last week's show, she gave a pretty important life update. There's stuff going on this week that she needs to tend to with that situation. Show, so she's not uh, she's not here this week. So we're gonna press on, move forward. Uh, plan B. Amy's coming on. So yep. how long do I have to be? wear this mask? You're not that worry about good that. hands. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> Guys, what's new? How are you guys doing? I'm 50. Oh. Congratulations. I know. I made are you happy about this? You know what? You've been, I don't you, care. You've been talking about this for years. I know. Um, I'm wiser. I think I'm wiser. And we'll be the judge of that. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say that and feel good about it. So was yeah. the was the the like realization that you were 50 did that have the same emotional wallop that like realizing you were about to be 50 did over the last I don't know a few months or years <laughs> yeah yeah is it what you expected it more um yes no it was it really kind of was not a big deal I haven't really given it any thought now that I've turned 50 I think yeah. I yeah. thought about it a lot more leading up to it now I'm like oh okay I, I probably still think I'm like my grandma used to say she would sometimes look in the mirror when she was like 80 years old and be like, oh, what happened? Because she yeah. still in her heart felt like she was like 25 or 30. Yeah. So right. I think sometimes I still feel like I'm just the same person. I'm just gained some more wrinkles and, you know, stuff like that. Well, I, I think of myself. I always I mean, everyone else always thinks of me as like a young, young person, because in right. the context of being like pastor of a church, like, OK, I'm young, 30s, yeah. whatever. But like I look at my life and think I'm almost 40. And in Your 40s is like you are just a grown person adult. like you're an adult there's yeah. not yeah. even a you're not even a young adult you're just a straight up adult yep. and i just i think about that a lot too i'm like man i'm like a i'm like a man yeah <laughs> yeah i'm not a boy anymore <laughs> no no but sometimes i'll have those moments where i'm like i don't know that i really feel like i'm a grown-up today like there are some yeah. days yeah. that i'm like i don't really feel like i'm very grown up today so maybe All right maybe amy how does how like in in three words or less, what does it feel like to be fifty? Because I, I I'm asking because like I'm thirty seven, okay. And in three words or less, my shoulder hurts. <laughs> That's what it feels like to be thirty seven. Like I I sleep if I lay too long on one side, my shoulder hurts. Yeah. And if I lay on the other side, my other shoulder hurts. And I get up and it's like, oh man, that sore. Three words no or reason. fewer for me at thirty seven would be. Uh, Noise while sitting. <laughs> like <laughs> whenever I sit down, I, I start making either some kind of <gasps> yep. <clears throat> yep. or whatever. And I'm right. just like, what is happening to me? Yep. <laughs> so what is it for fifty? Um I care less. I don't Ooh. I don't No, I mean how's it feel though? Oh, like, how does it feel? Like what's your body oh, feel like? At 50? I, I can barely walk there. That's what my body feels like. <laughs> and that is no lie. I have something going on like plantar of fasciitis or something with oh, my heel. Man. And I get up out of bed and Jeff is like, I think you might be eighty, not fifty, because yeah. I literally cannot now once I walk on it for a while, it's fine and I work out and everything like that. But man, there are times yeah. where it hurts so bad I can't. Mm. 
But as far as life, I don't care as much what everybody's thinking or feeling about me because I've come to the realization at this age that some you are who you are. I am. And some people are thinking false things and feeling false things. And some people love what I do and some people don't. And as long as I'm doing what I know I'm supposed to do, I can't. I'm never going to please everybody. So I've just come to the realization. I just can't care all the time about that, which is very hard for me, but I'm well, that's getting good. there. Yeah. Cause you, you, you love it when people like I you. I do like it when people like me. <laughs> I can't, I can't stop thinking of other three word descriptors. <laughs> yeah. What else you got? Uh, odd wrist pain. Uh, goodbye <laughs> hairline. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 Oh, gray beard hair. There's lots. There's, yes. yeah. Yeah, there are lots. There are lots of three-word <laughs> descriptions of everything. Yeah. Barry, what's new with you? What's new with me? Um, not much. I Okay, I found an app that has actually changed my life. And I, I know that people say that, but it actually has. Um, th- there's Next an app. Sabbath, man. Well, actually, it's kind of includes some elements of that, but it's called um, Streaks and it costs like a few bucks, but it's an app where you can basically set goals for yourself and track every time you accomplish them in the day, you can track that you finished it and then it it builds up a streak. How many days in a row have you accomplished that thing or how many weeks in a row or months in a row have you done the thing? And like, I I can be pretty self-legalistic. Uh, which is I can be a good motivator for me. And this is the most um, effective way that I've ever found for me to be legalistic with myself to do the things that actually make my life better. I have read a book, at least a few pages of a book every single day for the last 22 days. I have Whoa. had a moment of solitude and silence, even on the busiest days that I've had every single day. I've trained Cleo even for five minutes every single day for 20, like, so it's so, really how, how do you good. know? Does it remind you to do these things or you um, just check in and tell them that you've done it? You, you check in and it does remind you, it pops up reminders, but I, the, the new um, iOS, the, the new operating system for the Apple phones allows you to put certain apps where you can have really big icons on your home screen. Oh and yeah. Streak has one. So now on my Those are called widgets. Yeah, widgets. Amy. Now on my main screen, I can see all of my streaks for the week, and and so it's that's cool. Yeah, I love so it. So that's go ahead. go ahead. Oh, I was, I was just gonna say. Gonna okay, well, we're all just talking <laughs> over each other now. This is happening. <laughs> this is awful. Okay. Oh my goodness! I was gonna say that um, it's just it's it's so there's all these things I want to do. I want to tidy the house at least a little bit, and so I've been doing dishes like every single day. I've been cleaning the house and vacuuming like. It, it's Very, apparently we don't need to be took, doing all this stuff. I know, I know. It's just all it took for me to kind of start doing the things that I want to do in my life. And so anyway, that's all I was going to say. It's great. Meanwhile, I have a um, reminder on my phone for three days that just like it's is up on my screen. I don't, you can see it. Like it's, yeah. it's just been there for three days says get coffee filters. And I still haven't done that. <laughs> You got to find what works, Tyler. That's the key. What motivates you? (laughs) I like that. And I want to update my phone with the new widgets and stuff. I got to figure out how to do that. Yeah. I can show you how. It sounds like you're on the right track. Well, I'll have my girls do it for me. But you can do it on any version, right? It's just the, like any iPhone, right? Any iPhone within the last few years that has the latest iOS. I could could walk you through it. I think I can do it. I can make it happen. Tyler, how are you doing, buddy? Uh, guys, I'm I'm a little sleepy. <laughs> That's what you were saying. Uh, the past two nights, I've probably had 
two and a half hours of sleep total. Oh, uh, why? No, four, four and a half. Why? Four and a half. Well, the first night, our nine-month-old just wanted to party. He just wanted to party at like two in the morning and didn't you've want to been, you've stop been there partying. before. You've been there before. You've wanted to party at two o'clock in the morning before. Now it's <laughs> that's, Yeah, that's true. Uh, Dad had to get up early both days, but no worry. Just gonna be awake and party. Like he wasn't upset. He yeah. was just dancing in his bed and making a ton of noise. So we brought him into our bed and made a ton of noise, and I just couldn't go back to sleep after that. Yeah. Last night we had a bunch of thunderstorms. Uh, it was yeah. the first like. Dad, I'm scared of thunder. It was the first moment where it's like something's going on and Milo's scared. So he's three. And he didn't know what it was. Like he woke up. He's got like, you walk into his room and it seems like you're in a wind tunnel because he's got, he's literally, he literally has two noise machines. Like full blast. So how he heard the thunder, I have no idea. But he heard thunder, but he didn't know what it was. And so he's, he's you know, crying out, Daddy! And I run in there so he doesn't wake up the other other boy. And um, he's like, something is waking me up. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I know what it is. It's thunder. And then lightning happened outside of his room. And he's like, somebody's turning on the lights in my room. <laughs> so I had to explain at three in the morning what thunder and lightning was. And then we moved him to our room, thinking that he'd go right back to sleep. Of course, that didn't happen. And I was just awake. I was yeah. awake till till morning time. I'm just imagining you sitting in your son's bed, saying, "Okay, when there's an energy differential and the ionization of the atmosphere." <laughs> yeah, I don't actually exactly know. I don't happened. know. I don't know how lightning works. It's a, apparently a miracle to me. But I'm just. And it was a this bad be, storm last night, though. It was. It was. Yeah. I mean, it was. It was very loud and very like like thunder like I haven't heard in a long time. So yeah. I get where Milo was coming from. It was it was this a rough maybe one. too much information. What? But oh. I sleep in shorts. Okay. Like I, I, uh-huh. I just sleep in shorts. Sure. Sometimes I wear a shirt if it's hot. Sometimes mm-hmm. I don't. Sure. So I bring Milo into into our bed and he goes Yeah, I was like, Milo, you have to be quiet because mom's sleeping, all right? And so he says okay and then we get in there and we're laying down and we're it's like quiet for like a minute and Uh he goes dad why are you wearing underpants (laughs) 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 because that's what I wear to go to sleep man (laughs) 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 right as you're drifting off yeah like almost falling back asleep he's like why are you wearing underpants I love him (laughs) (laughs) oh boy yeah, you right. never know with those kids. You never know when you're going to get a sleepless night. You think you've hit, you've hit like a stride, and you've been sleeping well, and then something happens, and they're yeah. awake. And two nights in a row. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. So yeah. you must be very tired. I'm tired, but we're here to talk about the sermon, the sermon series, um, ears to hear. Yeah. Right? That's right. Yeah. Week two, ears to hear. Yeah. Amy, you gave the sermon this past weekend and you preached on two parables for the price of one. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, the mustard seed and the parable of uh, the yeast. Yeah. Is that the right way to refer to it? That's it is. I, it's another word. Yeast I is love. one of those words. It's like, it. <laughs> although, although you made it seem more like the parable of the mother to, <laughs> to use like the, uh, yeah, like uh, apple cider vinegar nastiness. Did I? What did I do? Well, you talked about how, it's you know not, how it wasn't yeah. just like like a little packet of yeast. It was like oh, yeah, a little right. ball. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. And I, I changed it to leaven very quickly. 
I said beast, meaning Zyme is with, because those were some, Tim is so helpful because he has so many notes about everything. And so I read that in his notes and I'm like, good, I can call it leaven because I hate the word yeast almost (laughs) as much as I hate the word soil and moist. So well, good news. we've had a lot of two of those three have been hate. referred to in the last two weeks of service. Oh, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Uh, so for anybody who hasn't heard it yet, uh, can you get kind of give us a big idea of what you were hoping to communicate, what you hope people walked away with after listening to your sermon? Sure. I just was, as I dug into them and, um, I just was, I was so filled with hope from those two parables. And that's what I was hoping to impart that, that Jesus kingdom, the kingdom of God did not come in in any way that anyone expected. It came in, in this small, humble, um, little way. It was not, I didn't come in with a bang. It was a baby born to a virgin and it has grown to be what it is today. We're still at work today. It's still at work today. And I think that's just what I wanted to, like like a mustard seed, like yeast that permeates the entire dough, the mm-hmm. kingdom of God is at work around us all the time, and that should fill us with hope. And especially right now in the, the circumstances that we're living in and the time that we're living in, it feels, I know people feel like it's so dire and sad, and, and but have hope because the kingdom of God is at work all around us. And it mm. never any way that anybody expected it to be, but it's happening and so have hope in that um, and engage with that. So that's mm. really what I was trying to, yeah. It didn't meet expectations that people had at the time or even probably still today, but it's at work and it's happening all around us and it's growing. And um, so we should be hopeful because of that. Yeah. So the mind blown moment for me, so the illustration, the kingdom, uh, the mustard seed part, uh, the mustard seed parable it says the kingdom of heaven's like a mustard seed planted in a field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of garden plants. It grows into a tree and birds come and make nests in its branches. The mind blowing part or like the head explosion moment for me was when you started talking about, and this is why I love teaching at grace just in general, because this happens all the time. Um, but you pointed out that trees were representative of empires in the Old Testament. Yeah. And the mustard seed growing into a tree that that cares for birds. Birds were also very commonly referred to in a negative sense. But a tree represents empire. Mm-hmm. So the mustard seed growing into a tree represents an empire. And mm-hmm. Jesus says the kingdom of God is like this. So we're talking about the kingdom of God. And now we're talking about birds negative a lot of times and this tree cares for birds meaning like kingdom of god is a is an empire that cares for everyone that was like that was the best part i thought that was the best part of the whole thing yeah because it's like this is why this is one of the reasons why i love grace so much is because you guys all do the work to to communicate stuff like that it's like oh well yeah my whole life i've heard the mustard seed stuff and first of all i I don't even know what a mustard seed looks like unless it's the stuff that that is literally in like jimmy john's mustard (laughs) it is actually little tiny seeds (laughs) okay so and i never you know you said people would know back then exactly what he's talking about i don't know what he's talking about i'll just take his word for it that the mustard seed grows into a big tree Mm -hmm. and you know uh, but when you put it all together like that and put it in the context of like, this is how 
this is what this means. This is what this represents. That was really, really cool. Well, yeah, yeah I love the image. Go ahead. I just love the image of the branches for anybody. It's, it's, yeah. he's not, he's not saying, and that, ha- that had to have at that time been a brand new concept that this yeah. is open for anyone to come be a part of this kingdom. And I love, I love that image too. It was very cool. Yeah. I, I'm just blown away. I mean, now, now that I understand how important the words of the prophets were to Jesus and the other apostles oh. to actually realize how many of his parables, if not all of them are based in some way on something from the prophets. I mean, it'll right. be exactly the same next weekend when I talk about the, the parable of the, you know, the lost sheep, which I heard a countless times growing up and never did anyone explain to me that he was literally referencing Ezekiel 34. Like who knew? I didn't know, you know, so we'll talk more about that next week. Sorry. Spoiler alert. Indeed. Well, and there were, there were, uh, Ezekiel was another one that referenced the tree. Um, I just didn't, I didn't, yeah. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to go through all of them. So I just picked the passage from Daniel um, yeah. as the one that I referenced because I loved the image of the tree in Daniel, the way it was described growing so high and so big. Mm-hmm. And, um, but and actually, in all actuality, from, from talking to Tim, the mustard seed wasn't actually the smallest seed. There were, there were right. other seeds. And I don't think it actually grows into a large tree. I think it grows into a large bush. It's like a shrub, um, yeah. A shrub, but Tim said... In his notes, he said um, something along the lines of, but every great storyteller uses hyperbole. It's some like uses some kind of form of exaggeration to get his readers to understand what he or she is saying. And he said, Jesus hearers at this time would have totally gotten what he was going after with that illustration. Totally. I mean, it'd be like saying, okay, you know, mustard seed, you know, it's like the tiniest thing ever, right? right? It grows in, you put it in the ground, water it, and it turns into this massive shrub like that's great you know and right. something yeah. you wouldn't be like well is it the tiniest thing you've right. ever seen right no you just <laughs> right. and shrub shrub's not impressive no yeah. shrub doesn't yeah. do it and and i think of like things stories that we tell today that may not be 100 percent accurate the details but you get your point across and it makes perfect sense to the people that are listening i i also yeah. love the whole idea of putting yourself back at that time and what it really felt like for those listeners to hear these words for the first time to what, like, what are they grappling with when they're hearing this and they're following him and they don't know anything about what he's getting ready to do. All this info that we have that they didn't have at that moment. Yeah. And so I think that's fascinating to me. I love, love that. And I imagine too, I mean, who knows how, he we we always just picture him saying these on like a barren field but like he might have been pointing over at a mustard plant with birds in it right. as he was telling the story sure. for the first time and uh you know they might have just eaten lunch and had bread and he's just right. like holding up some of the leftover bread and saying like think about what how this started and you know it's and he, of course, that's the that's the beauty of using imagery like this right you can and of course i loved the the whole idea that he told two parables that had the same message Mm. One more catered to men and one definitely more catered to women. And I, I love that too, because it's another reminder to everyone that he was followed by everyone. It was, he, it was not just men that were following him. Women were following him. Children were following him. Everybody was coming around him to hear what he had to say. And I was like that, that to me was also fascinating. Like he specifically chose two illustrations that hit both genders and I thought that was really cool. Do you right. think he sit he sat around and like what is the kingdom of God like? Like he's like 
picturing it. And he's like, I can't wait to tell somebody. And then finally the moment shows up and he's got all these two stories prepared. Or do you think he just made that up like off the cuff? I don't he know. Was like, that's, that's a, that's a skill. Well, but keep in mind, he's had all of these stories and images deeply ingrained in him from all the years that he had spent studying and learning the prophets. And so like all of the stuff about vineyards and, and, and like fields and trees, like these are things that he had been thinking about, like the, the parable of the vineyard or whatever, like that was coming out of something that everybody would have been familiar with and wrestled with. So he just did his own take on it, his own spin on it, sometimes in response to things that were happening around him. So it could be either way, Tyler. I think he could he could have thought it up, you know, on, right a, there. on a long walk or he could have thought it up while he was talking. Yeah. 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 I think about like stories I've heard my whole childhood. I could I could retell that story in an instant. Now, I might not have all the details exactly right, but I but I would be able to retell it at any point. So I, I can see that totally that he's heard these and they've been so ingrained in him that he, but I also like the idea of him going, the kingdom of God is like, like yeast, (laughs) you know, like in the moment, like, yeah, I like that idea too. It's interesting too, because you, you pointed out a little bit of the, the mystery of it. Um, I like that, that he's using things, which at that time were, I mean, the actual, process by which seeds became plants. I mean, it's basically a miracle because these things are teensy and they get wet and you put them in soil and suddenly you've got a plant that creates fruit and more seeds. And then like yeast, nobody knew, or sorry, leaven, nobody knew how that worked. It's just like, you just knew that it did. And uh, people think that some of the earliest sourdough bread recipes started by people having a lump of dough that was just left out and some, some fungi from a nearby fruit tree drifted on the breeze and landed on the dough. And that's how you turn, that's how it started. And it's like, yeah, it's a mystery. It's a miracle. Yeah. And so he's using, Very, uh, he's using Googled. How did sourdough start before this podcast? No, nah, man, I've, started. I've, I've known that for a while. Come on. <laughs> that's I, I, it's fair to say we all have, we've known it for a while, <laughs> I've known but, but, I, but, but the, that's like, so what, I guess what I'm getting at is it's at the time it was a mysterious, um, mysterious concept. But what I think is interesting is even when you know the science behind these things, they're still spectacular because when you think about, I've been thinking a lot this year about seeds because I, for the first year, I don't know if I mentioned this on the pot or not, but it was a big milestone for me. I actually planted uh, plants based on seeds that I harvested from plants that I had planted from seed. Does that make sense? Uh, (laughs) So planted seeds, plant grew, produced its own seeds, planted those and those turned into plants that I'm now using. And so I've never done that before and it's really cool. But, um, I, Sounds cool. It is cool, but every like I'm still baffled as I think about how much genetic information there is in a seed that all you'd have to do is put it in the right environment and give it water, and it turns into something completely unlike that seed. And then when it's ready to be done with its life cycle, it has a whole bunch more seeds. Uh, I've got an entire raised bed full of volunteer cilantro that all came just from the seeds that fell off of the cilantro plants that I had earlier in the year. It's so cool. So it is very cool. Uh, But one of the points, one of your points, Amy, is that you have to wait on this. Like you have to be patient. You have to have faith and hope. Yeah. You know, both of these stories kind of illustrate that point is you kind of have to wait on this and have patience and let it, let it kind of grow. Right. Um, So, in essence, the kingdom of God is, is, is slow, slow moving. Um, 
my question when I heard this, and obviously, I mean, well, my question is, why, why do you guys think the kingdom of God is slow moving? Like, why, why do you think God is, why, do you, why don't you think God's putting a move on it? Like, let's go, people. Like, mm. the kingdom of God is here. Like, it's, it's here. Let's do this. Why do you think it's like, why do you think that, I mean, none of us know, so we're all just like pontificating, but you'd think that on earth as it is in heaven was like, all right, let's go. You know, uh, I'm, cause I'm good with, I'm good with being patient and waiting with hope. But honestly, I, I, I catch myself wondering like, why did God prefer it this way? Why did he, yeah. why does he prefer the slow cook, you know, yeah. the kingdom of God? What, what do you guys think? Well, I, I tend to think of it. I, I think the, the, the leaven and the bread is, is the illustration that go, that I go to, to answer that question, because if, if the kingdom of God is like the leaven, that's what he says, right? Amy, that's, yeah. if it's like the leaven and the point is that that leaven would, would in some way affect every part of the dough, then, then if, if we were to just say, all right, let's just go and just go with the leaven, then it hasn't affected all of the dough. And so the timing is required to somehow touch every part. So all, all parts of humanity and human culture are, can, can be affected and touched by the kingdom. And that's the, that's the actual goal, not just, you know, blasting off all the stuff that isn't leaven, you know? And, and so, but, but again, I don't know, why does that, why yeah. did that have to take 2000 years or, yeah. I mean, if you ever think about the fact, and I do often that if, if we all survive the, you know, the Fermi paradox and are able to get off of the, off of the planet and not blow ourselves up with nuclear, you know, whatever, <laughs> it's possible that humanity will live another hundred thousand years, in which case we are living in the early church. And even more so, why did it take a hundred thousand years? Like what, right. what, it, so sorry, that's a, that's a very far, uh, what'd tangent, you call it? The Fermi, the Fermi paradox. It's what is that? It's the, the question of why aren't there more alien civilizations that we've come across? Oh yeah, of course. Because sure. based, based on the number of, of habitable planets, there should be many, many, many of them, but there aren't. And so either, either right. they are also super intelligent that we can't, uh, can't understand that they are alien species or they don't exist because we're the only ones, which is crazy, or they all die because they hit some sort of great filter because like maybe, maybe every alien species discovers nuclear power and then they all so blow themselves up or there's yeah. always a massive pandemic that kills everybody or something. So <laughs> that's what we're living. I, um, I also think the idea that we have a choice in all of it, like he doesn't make, he, he, he doesn't say like we, all of humanity has a choice whether they want to be a part of the kingdom or not. Like that's not, it's not just like he, he says, yeah, he gave us the choice the minute that Adam and Eve sinned. So I think that's part of it too, is that people have to be ready and to accept that and to Mm -hmm. engage in, in the kingdom. And so I think it also maybe moves as fast as those that are going along with him and with his teachings and, his calling on their lives. Um, yeah. the more that engage with that, the faster it moves. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Just I to, just, I think about like, cause you, you said in your sermon, Amy, you said the only thing that's going to change the world is the kingdom of God. And I mean, recency bias 2020 is like the worst 
<laughs> so let's get a move on with the kingdom of God yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's the least controversial thing in the world to say the world needs changing. Like, I think that's fair. Right. Everybody. Who you are. Yeah, everybody thinks that. that. Yeah. So maybe I'm actually not be okay being a patient. I said a little bit ago, I'm okay being patient, but maybe I'm not because it just seems like there, there is a sense of urgency here, mm-hmm. but and patience, I guess is the virtue, you know? Well, and it and, is ex- exhausting when you feel like the world isn't getting it and yeah, we're yeah. still relearning lessons that are, relearning or for the first time seeing things in a way that we should have been seeing them this way for years like why and things that are hurting people like systemic injustice and stuff that is still hurting people around us and yet we're not getting it to the point where we're really changing it or affecting change and so I'm like that's exhausting to me like the things that are still happening that we yeah uh, yeah now, what I'm about to say, I'm questioning whether I should say because I know that bef- before World War One, never ended poorly before. So just I'm, go ahead. I'm just getting very nerdy today. But before World War One, there was a sense uh, among like people that that human society was just up and to the right, like better advancement, everything like that. It was everything's going to be better. And then everybody murdered each other with gas grenades and, and in the <laughs> trenches. And it was like, Oh, so, but all that to say, so I'm very aware that it's, it's foolish to think in terms of global human progress. However, if you look at the world and humanity over the last 2000 years, what you have seen is that the kingdom of God has touched many parts of human life. Um, we've seen, greater levels of justice than there were 2000 years ago. We've seen uh, the advent of things like healthcare and human rights. Now they're not, they're definitely not universally applied or lived into, but I would argue uh, that those are in many ways, the hallmarks of the kingdom of God influencing human society, even Mm -hmm. though it hasn't, you know, so again, I I don't want to paint the picture that like, just give it time and eventually everything will become, it'll, we'll all be living in the kingdom and it'll be, I'm, I don't know that that's the trajectory because there's other parts of scripture that definitely paint the picture that things get way worse uh, rather than getting way better. But uh, there is a sense in which you do see the leaven working its way through the dough, even though if you, if you zoom in to our own particular slice of the pie, it may seem like now things are still just terrible. Um, but man, infant mortality is sure way down compared to how it was 2000 years ago. And wow, we actually aren't okay with slavery. Uh, mm-hmm. it was okay 2000 years ago. So you like right. in some sense, and I would say, I would, I mean, I would say the kingdom can take credit for some of those things, but mm-hmm. yeah. again, that's controversial and not everybody would agree with me. And some people would say, Nope, we're living in the end times and everything's going to just get worse and worse. But right. like even, even the history of our country, the amount of death and murder and, uh, evil perpetrated on a, on an individual basis is way less than it was, you know, many years ago. So, uh, the kingdom is having an impact. It's just not necessarily like the way that, that, um, I don't know that the, the Roman empire thought it would when it first co-opted Christianity as the official state religion, it's not coming through power. It's coming through slow influence and the steady faithfulness of the people of God. Yeah. Um, which is that's another. A, that's a rather optimistic view to take in 2020. I know. Well, and yeah. that's another reason why maybe it's so slow moving too, is because it isn't a power driven thing. It's always yeah. coming from a place of humility and and servanthood, and I just that just feels slower to me than. I mean, yeah. power you can come in and 
dictate whatever you want, but that's not how he chose to do things ever. So, yeah. Yeah. And even if I, even as I think about the, the life of this church, like the things uh, we just went through an exercise earlier today that kind of, we talked about the history of grace and all these things. And there were decisions we were making 20, 25 years ago that like, they still haven't seen fruition, but we're on the path. Like right. 20, 25 years ago, we started talking about things like the kingdom of heaven. And these are the, this is the, uh, the theology that grace abides by. And that's where the idea or the essence of six broken places are born. But there's a lot about the six broken places that we're not satisfied yet with, with ourselves. And so like, we've been through a lot of stuff in the last 25 years. And I do believe that, um, we are believing in, we are moving toward, we have passion for things that are in fact very slow moving, but it's still, still progress. And I have hope in this church and I believe that this church is searching for the kingdom and bringing it here and we see it move, but it's just not like you said, Amy, it's just not on our timeline. And so I could, I could zoom way out and see it like Barry does on Furby, Furby, Protocol, or whatever protocol. <laughs> or I can see it just in the life of our church. Yeah, yeah. What is it called? The Fermi paradox. <laughs> the great, the great filters in the Fermi paradox. I had no idea what you were talking about with the Fermi. I understand. I'm I, sorry. It's okay. I the was Fermi, so lost the Fermi on that. protocol. That's like a. That, they need to make a movie called the Fermi protocol. <laughs> oh, All man. right, Amy. Thanks for thanks for the message. Thank you. Um, Bye. Oh, no. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah. Barry, where do we, uh, where do we head next? Where are we going? So, like I said, we're going to look next week or this coming weekend at the, um, parable of the lost sheep. That's the one where the, the Jesus tells it twice, two different contexts, but both of them, he, the parable is essentially, uh, a shepherd leaves his 99 sheep to go find the one that wandered away, the one that was lost. And, um, yeah, it, as I as I mentioned, it is actually a very. It's. I always was taught that it was a very um, tender, sweet depiction of God's love, and it is that. But what I didn't realize until recently is that when he told that parable in the context that he did, it probably would have had everybody gasping like, Oh, I can't believe he said that <laughs> because really? it was actually really provocative. So I'll explain why. Stay tuned. Wow. All right. I love that. I hope people in the audience go, oh, when you preach that they're I like, oh, they nobody, even if they did, I wouldn't be able to hear it through the masks. So <laughs> I said, you guys can amen. It's OK. Like, I did hear that. Yeah. OK. <laughs> did they? They did. It was it was a little it was a little. Um, I heard it at nine o'clock and, and nine o'clock's response is usually enthusiastic. They're a little bit tired. <laughs> And it was fall break for pretty much every school in Hamilton County. So, oh yeah. So it was it was uh, you know lots of people like to travel. They were gone, stunning. But yeah, they don't like to amen and stuff. They're a quiet little group. Okay. All right, Amy. Thanks for thanks for joining us today. It was my pleasure. I'm sending you guys. I'm sending you guys a, a video from uh, one of my favorite YouTube channels. the The channel is called Kurzgesagt, which is German for "in a nutshell," I think. And I'm sending you a video about the Fermi paradox, so you Thank can be enlightened. You. I am going to be enlightened. See, every day a little more enlightenment. That's how it there works. There you go. 
All right, so we uh, we're praying that Marin's going to be able to join yes. us next week. Yep. And um, yeah, she's not here to send us out, so I'll do it. Why do don't it. you, Justly? Love mercy and walk humbly with your God, and we'll see you on the other side of Sunday. 